Welcome to the Safe Word Podcast. My name is Dirk Hooper, and I'm joined by the amazing Mistress Eva. How are you doing, Eva? I'm good, thank you, Dirk. Um, I think to start this, we should maybe tell everyone who we are and and uh, what we do. Okay, um, uh, you go ahead. Okay, I'm going to go first. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, I started in BDSM about the same time that I started in doing professional photography, which was about 20 years ago. And because when you're doing photography, you're always looking for a subject. As it turns out, my initial foray into BDSM became my subject for fetish photography. So I've been doing both of those things for about 20 years now. Um, The last two years, I won Best Fetish Photographer at the Fetish Awards. I'm up for this year's award. Congratulations. Thank you very much. (laughs) I will know in a few days whether I win that new award or not. And um, in the course of doing uh, BDSM, I have been both dominant and submissive. Mm -hmm. And um, so I have experience on both of those. I've been uh, 24-7 submissive, and I have owned slaves. So that is my basic background in BDSM. Mm, a wonderful coverage of many areas. <laughs> <laughs> and I do a lot of other crazy things too, but yes. I, I mean, we only have a few few moments okay. <laughs> to cover all that. So my few moments to condense everything that I've been up to. Um, I have only really had experience as uh, the dominant party when it comes to roles within BDSM. And that started with my professional experience, actually. It was sort of suggested to me quite a few, quite a number of years ago. And I found a dungeon and did a little bit of an apprenticeship and tried it out. And professional domination helped me open up into my personality a lot more. So I am a professional and lifestyle dominatrix now. Yeah. I think that's really interesting that that learning professional domination also helped you open up personally. Mm, yeah, very much so. It, um, it gave me a space to flex flex aspects of my personality that other people had recognized, but that I wasn't really I hadn't really come to terms with. And I guess when you're practicing these actions, these thoughts, and that dynamic every day in a professional context, it starts to really show you where you sit on this spectrum and and what you gravitate towards. So it was sure. very helpful. <laughs> yeah. I think that's awesome. Um, let's talk a little bit about kind of the origins of this podcast and the, the mm-hmm. idea behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, every Sunday you put out a tweet that ask a question to the BDSM community. And yes. the engagement on that thing has been insane. Yeah, it's really it's really heartwarming. I really enjoy seeing everybody come out in full force and put their hearts out there and really eloquently a lot of the time as well. It's and it's really enlightening uh, often to see everybody come together and to bring all these different points that really add even to my awareness. So I hope it's doing that for everyone else who reads that thread each time as well. I agree. I mean, I learn stuff from it too. And I, I think you get a good, like it's like a good temperature gauge of the community where you get all of these different ideas, but you get 
some some similarities there too. You can see kind of the, the way the community in general is speaking. Yeah, very much so. I, I find it because um, usually you see so much bickering right, <laughs> on yes. Twitter, don't you? <laughs> yes. But on the, those particular tweets, maybe it's how, I, I'm not sure how it's worded or the, how the questions are asked, but it's everybody's so respectful. And uh, like you say, there's a pattern that starts to emerge. And even if there's some conflict, like they, they tend to bow out quite respectfully as well. Um, perhaps it's something about where they hold BDSM in their lives that mm-hmm. they respect it more. I'm not sure, but I'm very thankful that I don't have fights on my page. Right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, you know, I think yeah. that people are hungry for honest, positive discourse on BDSM mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. kind of a, a way to fight against all of the bad information and all of the negative information that's out there. And mm, hopefully yeah. that's something that we'll do here on this podcast, but it's something you're definitely doing with your your Sunday afternoon tweets. Well, thank you, Dirk. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm really looking forward just to being able to go through all of those points here and yeah, maybe even getting even deeper into them for for myself selfishly as well. Sure, absolutely. Well, yeah. So our, our topic today is ridiculous assumptions. And mm. to begin with, would you like to read uh, from the, the, the tweet that we're taking it from? Yeah, for sure. So ridiculous assumptions. And the tweet is, to the BDSM community and kinky people in general, what are the most ridiculous assumptions vanilla people make about you and what you do? Please reply below so we can all follow the thread and share this tweet so we can all learn together. And tweet. Part of the reason why people are so respectful might be because of the way that that's worded. Mm, Yeah. Well, what about it? What about it? makes you feel that well it, it, please reply below and you know follow mm-hmm. the thread and share the tweet i mean that's you know learning together those are all kind of yeah. you know keywords and phrases that are that hopefully tell people that we're not here to throw bombs or something we just want to talk about this in a in an adult manner and and learn from each other which is pretty mm-hmm. awesome yeah, well, I, I think you've known me for a while and and you're very familiar with my language. Um, but I think you also realize that this is also generally how I speak. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. And so, I've, yeah, I never really recognized that, but I can see what you mean. I, my mother taught me well. <laughs> yes, she did. Yes, she did. And, uh, you know, uh, watching these um, these tea kink episodes that you have oh. and your Q&A, um, you conduct yourself in a manner that on one hand demands respect, but on the other hand is very respectful and engaging, I think. Mm. And so Thank I think that's so what much. you're getting back. I think you're getting that Thank back. You. Thank you. You're Thank you. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. you had one of, uh, or several of these that you particularly liked. Well, you want to start with mm. one of them? I guess that's one of my favorites because it's, it's something that I come across <laughs> uh, whenever I share my lifestyle with vanilla people fairly immediately. They kind of 
gravitate towards the fact that oh you must really hate this person it's really the hurtful and and they it's it's like me getting to channel my anger out onto somebody and in a way of course there are opportunities for that but in order for a BDSM relationship to be sustainable you have to have love and respect attached, even if there are some very heated activities that are happening. Otherwise, things are just going to fall apart. And if not, I believe that there needs to be a really intimate sense of care and um, nurturing and a really high level of respect and engagement with at least my sub or in the relationship in general because of the activities inspire that need <laughs> to do it responsibly, yeah. I believe. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. In in my own case, I would say that, that, I mean, for people who don't know any better, I'm going to blow their mind. The, mm. the, act, the, the actual opposite is true. In mm. BDSM relationships, there is more love and respect than in a vanilla relationship. And <laughs> there has to be because you on, on both ends as as a dominant mm. you have to be watching out for this person you have to love and care for them or you're going to hurt them either physically or mentally yeah. and yeah. there has to be love and respect there from the submissive side because you are giving up your you know your your freedom your your life your aspirations even if it's just in a scene you're you're mm. trusting this person with your well-being and only yes. love and respect is going to allow that to happen. So I yeah. think that that in a BDSM relationship, it, there's actually more love and respect, or or maybe it's it's framed in a way that it's mm. it's deeply required. And mm-hmm. um, I think that's it. I think that's it. I think that um, the way that things are formatted, exactly like you say, it's it's required. It's made there's more space to cultivate the fact that we really need those things than maybe a vanilla relationship gives you the opportunity for because of course love and respect can can be freely given anywhere not only within this world but it's because there are certain dynamics and that relinquish a lot of power or there are certain activities that also relinquish that and give the responsibility elsewhere. It's it needs it needs that extra basis, and I think so. It breeds the compassion, the empathy, the respect, the love, as a result of it. So maybe it's just that the relationships that we have in BDSM gives it more space. Right. Maybe. Uh, you know, I mm. uh, about ten years ago, I gave up on vanilla relationships because they mm. didn't have. I think that the negotiation part of a BDSM relationship is a very mm. important thing that vanilla people should engage in as well. Yeah. Which is laying out what your role is in the relationship and what you're going mm. to bring to it. What you need, what yeah. you want, what you really, really need, you know? And I think 
that's something this like BDSM really taught me. It's like, what is it that I really need? Why do I get angry when that mm. happens? Oh, it's because I need this. So now I just say, I yes. need this because of this. But I didn't know how to say that in the vanilla exactly. world because you're not supposed to need things. You're not supposed to be needy. You're not supposed to be demanding. You know, it's, it's, a, it's just a very confusing space when there isn't that negotiation and self-awareness practice also. Right. I, you know, I yeah. I do some counseling with people, you know, talk to people who are interested in BDSM. And it's amazing mm-hmm. to me the um, the number of people who don't sit down and talk with their partner about sex. It's like they, they don't talk yeah. about sex during sex and they think that it's wrong to talk about it before or after sex. So they never have that discussion. Mm, it's really yes. sad. <laughs> so again, you're you're absolutely right. You never have that conversation where you go, "Hey, here's some things that I need. What are the things that you need? And let's see if we can meet together on all of that." Mm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's there's a lot of hang-ups that have to get dropped when you enter the world of BDSM basically. Oh, yes. I mean, that's that's yeah. I think maybe the the biggest thing that I've learned from doing this for 20 years is getting over, you know, insecurities and hangups and, you know, my, yeah. uh, you, you know, how it makes you, if you're dominant, it makes you feel more powerful. And if you're submissive, mm-hmm. it makes you feel more safe. You know, those are the sort of things that people who are not engaging in this, they don't know or understand. What's, what's another one of the the tweets that you wanted to highlight? Um, Sub guy 222, otherwise known as Mitch, he says that a ridiculous assumption is that I'm a weak or less of a person for being a sub, for being a submissive. So I know you shared another question like that at one point about the sort of uh, stigma, I guess, that's in society about a man who is submissive. And mm-hmm. that, I mean, obviously we could do a whole episode on that, but, but mm. basically on one hand, I want to say that you have to be pretty strong to go against that yes. stigma and yes. be vulnerable and open to the point where you will allow someone else to control you. Yes. And I would like to add that in some ways, I believe that my submissives are stronger than I am because of Mm, that. Yes. That they can be so vulnerable, you know, that they can just relinquish themselves and trust to that extent and have supreme confidence in, in being able to let themselves go as well as in myself. It just shows this level of trust that in honesty, I don't have. And I don't know how to have. And I admire that. And I think, (laughs) yeah, it takes a lot. And I respect that always. So I find this particular tweet and this particular assumption absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely. (laughs) As someone who's been submissive, I can say that particularly Mm. when you start this thing, I mean, you know, you grow up, especially if you're a guy, you are told that, you know, again, and things might be a little bit different now because people have, mm-hmm. have 
kind of approach this deal, but you're told not to cry and to be tough, mm-hmm. always, you know, always be the man and, you know, kind of hide your feelings and, you know, don't, don't ever be weak. And so those are the things that are kind of put into you as a man in society. And mm-hmm. yet you have these, I mean, for me, I, I can recognize thoughts of BDSM that go back to maybe when I was, you know, a very young kid where there were certain aspects of role play or um, the way, you know, like the look of a dominant woman that was attractive to me. So I can identify Mm -hmm. it all the way back then. And so you've got these two things that are kind of crashing against you at the same time. You're supposed to be a certain way. And yet, you know, your desires are telling you that you're interested in something else. Yeah. When you begin to, when you're going to meet with a dominant woman for the first time, or, you know, particularly around the beginning of this thing, it's a lot like jumping out of an airplane. I mean, it is, it takes so much, so much guts to, to do this thing, you know, and, and jump out of that airplane you know, hopefully with a parachute mm-hmm. and yes. on your own without, without a tandem yes, diver. Exactly. <laughs> oh God. I've, I've jumped out with a tandem driver diver and I didn't. Yeah. I still have. Right. Wow, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I'm speaking metaphorically. I could never jump out of a plane. Yes, I know. That is definitely not. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm not, it's definitely yeah. not my thing, but anyway, you, you know, Jumped out of yes, emotional yes. planes. Um, yeah, it, it takes yeah. a lot. It, it, if you think that someone is is weak, then you know you have no idea what it takes to to approach this, you know, and and yeah. to um, try to explore this. Really surrender into into the role. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I have. I mean, especially as as a pro dom, as a professional dominatrix, right? You see so many people come and go, and you see so many people unable to fully step yes. into that and retract and go like, "Oh, no, society says I yep. shouldn't be like this. I should just go yep. back to go back to status quo," and and they suffer because they don't get to act out on their right. personality, but they're scared. And they want to just do what's going to be perhaps potentially the easiest route. And every time I say it is hard now, but it is, it is not, <laughs> not what your personality is, and it's going to be devastating later. So you need to work hard now, but but you can't work for people. I've I've done so. this for a long time personally, and I've talked to a lot of people, yeah. and I haven't found anyone yet. Mm who says, well, I've, you know, I got to get out of this. This is not doing it for me and it's not the, who I am and whatever. I haven't seen anyone yet who hasn't mm-hmm. been back into it in three to six months. And yes, yet, there's that. <laughs> um, I mean, it, it's not, so, you know, as much as there is that conflict, which yeah. is, you know, this is not that, you know, I'm a tough dude, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be yeah. the leader or whatever. Um, th- those mm-hmm. feelings don't go away. It is, it's who you are. I think that there's something that's deep within yeah. you that that is fed by you know what whatever role that it is that you choose. And yeah. um denying that is just going to that make you, you unhappy. 
Yeah. It breaks my heart every time. <laughs> oh, no, don't you? <laughs> when I see that. You know that because you Sorry? know, you know that in a few months they're going to be right back in the same place that they were. Well, not only that, I I know that they're suffering, you know, that they they desperately want this personality to be fulfilled, but they're so conflicted by the way that the status quo has grown them up to, up until that point. And it's really suffering. And that really I, I makes me very upset. It doesn't matter how many people I see and do it. It's still like, oh, I'm so sorry that this is your life. You're so right. Yeah. You're so right. Which is, I mean, yeah. one of the reasons why trying to uh, educate people and encourage women in particular to get involved mm-hmm. in, uh, you know, female domination because there's a, you know, there are not many female dominants out there, to be honest. Um, and there are a lot mm-hmm. of submissive men out there who are suffering, I believe. Why do you think that that is? Like, I obviously live such a skewed world where I'm surrounded right. by well, right. women. Lucky <laughs> That's you. That's my life. They're my, <laughs> they're my only friends. Right. Basically. Right. I mean, that's... <laughs> But then you go on Fet Life, and you're like, yes. "Oh, <laughs> very small in numbers." I did we a are. little research on this. Yeah. I mean, this is again, this is something that's close to my heart. So I've done some some studies yeah. on this on my own. I mean, I'm not a, you know, a scientist or anything. But you know, many years ago, let's say ten or fifteen years ago, I started looking at dating sites and comparing how many women were on dating sites that were listed solely as being uh, female dominance, and then comparing that with mm-hmm. male submissives. And the number that I found on that was 20 to one. So 20 submissive oh. men <laughs> to one dominant woman. Mm. And if you My take goodness. into account that maybe let's, let's be generous and say that maybe in every city, there's maybe 10% of the populace that is interested in BDSM or maybe you know, active in doing it, um, you know, your odds are really, really lousy of finding a dominant Whoa. woman if you're a submissive man. So are you saying I should have 20 right. well, slaves? I mean, you, I mean, let's be honest, <laughs> you could have 100 or 200 if you wanted them, you know. Oh, it's, yeah. it's a lot of work. Absolutely. They say, they say that if you have more than one slave that you're the masochist. <laughs> a part of me tells myself that often. <laughs> but that's the reality yeah. so, of, of yeah. being a submissive man. So anytime that I get the opportunity to maybe, it would be better coming from you, but I mean, it, it can be pretty awesome being, being a dominant woman. I mean, you know, you get your way, you get the things that you, you get your needs met. Yeah, I have a lot of choice. <laughs> exactly. It's quite it's quite amazing. Exactly. <laughs> and I have a, a really heavy application process these days and the speed of how I dismiss them it's it just shocks an older me if that makes any sense. <laughs> right, yes. I mean, yeah. you never imagined this when you were younger, do you? No, it's like, that's not long enough. You didn't read articles about me, I can tell. Why did you not capitalize the M? (laughs) (laughs) Archive. 
Yeah. Right. (laughs) But there's only one of me and there's there's at least 20 of them, apparently. Absolutely. And, you know, (laughs) it's even it's honestly, it's even more. I say I say that it's really 100 to one if you take into account that you're, you're going to be compatible with someone. You know, yeah. if you're looking for someone that you're really compatible with, well, I mean, good luck. When you start mm-hmm. looking at like vanilla aspects of, you know, attraction and and interests and that sort of thing, and it's it's tough out there. Yeah, yeah. Can I ask if you're in a relationship now? I'm not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not because I'm picky myself, yeah. and because you know, I for me, um. You know, I really want a a monogamous relationship Mm. where someone is interested. You know, I want a partner. Yeah. So, um, you know, I had a I had a relationship a few years ago and the person who I was involved with was very um, selfish. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. for the last few years, I've mostly done, um, you know, concentrated on on work essentially, which I have plenty of work to keep me busy. I have to admit, I'm getting to the point where I'm kind of looking again. Okay. (laughs) That's a nice point. You've done so much for yourself in this time. And that's nice to be able to concentrate on that first and then branch out. That's true. I always think. That's true. Mm. Uh, It would, again, I live in Oklahoma City. So, Mm. you know, if you take, you know, there's not many people who are into the fetish lifestyle around here. Mm-hmm. So it makes yeah. it tough. Yeah, yeah, yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have how many websites do I have? I have three application sites <laughs> and one slave training site uh, with membership, as well as another application form. And even with all of that, right? Right. I mean, I have a lot of people who I see, but in terms of owning people, I only own five. Right. And I travel all the time everywhere you know planes are not like international borders are not an issue for me so even with all of that freedom and all of that i found five people that i want to keep as mine and i guess if i really think about that that's not many is it no considering it's just a handful yeah and it just shows you you know how tough it is to find the Mm -hmm. right people out there Mm -hmm. it's not easy yeah, hence our lovely community on Twitter, which also helps me actually a lot. Yeah, me too. I feel very connected to the people on Twitter. I think they're mm. wonderful. Yeah. So another response that we got um, for as a ridiculous assumption was from Mistress Iniquity. And I think she spells her handle without the Y at the end. Um, and she says... <laughs> that the ridiculous assumption that is, I don't do an actual job, that anyone could do it, that I'm breaking the law, that I hate men, <laughs> and the most ridiculous, it's a waste of my intelligence. Wow. Oh, I, I hate wow. That please, please tell me what you think about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Mm. I think the first one that hit me uh, when I first started pro-doming was this this latter part which is it's a waste of my intelligence Mm. i remember writing my website um like nine eight years ago and i showed it to who i thought was a friend and he said you're such a wonderful writer it's so smart 
why are you doing this? Mm. Wow. <laughs> and I didn't know what to say. I was just, I was just shocked. And I walked away from that rela- relationship, that friendship eventually. But this job, not only the work side of it, but the emotional intelligence side of it takes takes an extreme level of I think emotional intelligence and mental capacity as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. You have to look after people's psyche. Yes. <laughs> I mean, how, can you do that out there? You know, it's like that takes a lot of practice. People s- study to be like psychologists for long long time to be able to do that and obviously this isn't at that level or certified but on a personal level you know when you have personal relationships and to do that in a way that benefits everyone and that is your ultimate responsibility that takes so much and it's i just find this statement so ridiculous but they have no idea so you know <laughs> that's my take <laughs> yeah i mean absolutely i look i've I've served two professional dominatrix as a 24-7 slave, and I have mm-hmm. been, I do, for sexy networking, I talk to like dozens of dominatrix every, you know, few days. Um, that's, I'm just, I'm surrounded by that. And I can tell you that people have no idea, they, they think that, um, I guess that you live in latex and that, um, before a session, you just pick up a whip and you just go to it, but they don't have Mm -hmm. any idea what goes into the amount of training that it takes to, to learn how to do this um, effectively and safely. Mm -hmm. They have no idea the amount of investment that it takes to have all of these latex outfits, which are insanely expensive and the equipment, which is... Or the skill to get people to get them Absolutely, you've got to find it, and, you know, <laughs> a bondage or, or yeah. you know, a BDSM equipment that you have. Um, plus, mm-hmm. you know, you talked about a website. You have to create a website. You have to do promotion. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you have to take care yeah. of it just like any other business, which means, you know, uh, tracking your finances and making sure, you know, with you... A lot of travel is involved. Mm-hmm. It there, mm-hmm. it is the amount of work and the amount of intelligence that it takes to be a professional dominatrix is astounding. And I, you know, yeah. I don't think it, it getting ready for a session and cleaning up after a session takes, you know, five times longer than the actual session. You know. <laughs> Um, yeah, getting ready takes a whole lifetime yes. in life. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so and, it's ridiculous. And knowing uh, ridiculous, right? Emotion. Yeah, and knowing as many professional dominatrix as I do, I, I mean, I love hanging out with professional dominatrix because they are so fun and interesting and intelligent. They, I have yet to meet one that's not intelligent. Because if you're not intelligent, mm-hmm. you're not going to make it very far in this business. No, not for very no. long, I think. No, because yeah. because submissives will, they're going to know. Oh, well, not only that, they can start to take advantage of That's it. That's true. Also. I've seen that happen. Yeah. Yeah, top and from <laughs> bottom, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, so I guess that's that ridiculous assumption kind of squashed, at least I from our so. perspective. I so. <laughs> yeah, it's more than a job. It's, it is a job, but it's even more than that. Can anyone do it? Absolutely, oh, absolutely not, not without a lot of soul searching and grounding and other things. But you hate men? Absolutely not. <laughs> I mean, if you hate men, you're going to probably hate men and people more. Sure. I think you have to really love people um, because you're going to see the insides, in, inner workings of them so intimately you have to actually enjoy seeing that and liking those things. Otherwise, they'll drive you mad. I'm pretty sure because it's pretty disgusting sometimes, you know, the things that we can tell ourselves or the things that people tell each other. We're so self-deprecating and we're really horrible so to true. ourselves and can be to, to each other. And I get to witness true. that, right? Because you're in somebody's head, basically. But... Yeah, if you can't, if you don't have the strength and the love to st step in that space and stand there and make it into something better, then this is not for you. You know, you can't hate people. You have to love them intimately and in a way that that is almost stupid, <laughs> to be <laughs> frank. Yeah, I care so much that I find it can be a huge burden if I'm not careful. So, That's very true. You can definitely get so involved with someone and get kind of sucked into their, you know, into their psyche or their issues. Um, mm. Yeah, that can, I mean, you have to have your act together too on yeah, this stuff. You're not going so. to be helpful to people. Um, yes. I had one submissive tell me that, that just talking to her and working the, you know, uh, uh, through her issues and stuff was better with me than it was with any psychiatrist that she had gone mm. to. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of people miss that. I mean, you know, everyone sees the 50 shades of gray movie and they think they have BDSM figured out, but they don't realize how much of this is, is in the mind and that yeah. it might ha not have anything to do with either sex or with pain. Um, mm -hmm. That it could, you know, just having that dominant and submissive dynamic yeah can, a can be times. a way to open people up. Mm -hmm. A lot of the time, that's the core of a lot of these relationships, not necessarily about external kinks. It's just the dynamic. Yeah. And and just to speak to that, uh, it's amazing that, that's, that she got so much out of your relationship, but not to discredit all the incredible therapists that are out there. No, no, no. <laughs> and it wasn't meant to be. Yeah, I, I'm not, yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm not a psychiatrist no. and, yeah. uh, you know, I don't pretend to be one, but if, yeah. if this person who I care for deeply is mm. comfortable talking to me, then, mm. then maybe someone that she doesn't know or whatever, then you yeah. know, maybe we can work through some stuff that, that, you know, she wouldn't be able to otherwise, and particularly Definitely. if it has to do with BDSM, because mm -hmm. going to a psychiatrist and talking about BDSM, where they could very well say, you know, you're, you are, stigma. yes, you, you are, um, you have a, a malady because you're into yeah. this. Um, yeah. You know, that's not very helpful. No, I've seen quite a few wonderful therapists over the years and definitely only some of them worked. And the defining feature I found 
was exactly what you just said. It's not, and not necessarily that they knew anything about BDSM, but that they heard me mm-hmm. and that they were ready to kind of hold that space for me and that they respected what I was feeling. Mm-hmm. And I think that empathy and that care is a huge game changer for uh, human interaction mm-hmm. in general. Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a great listener. <laughs> I really enjoy yes. listening to people. I mean, even, you know, not, I mean, outside of relationships, I just enjoy listening to people mm-hmm. and yeah. maybe that's part of it. Yeah. You're a wonderful communicator. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> you pay incredible attention and you turn out wonderful things from it. Oh, that's a you. beautiful skill. Wow. Awesome. I guess that's the end of the show. And thanks. thanks for okay. See ya. Let's <laughs> end on that note. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> what, uh, what other uh, uh, tweets do you have that you wanted to talk about? So um, another tweet that we got was um, from Chastity Sissy Cuck Isabella, uh, whose Twitter handle is one Sissy Cuck. And Isabella said um, that the most ridiculous assumption for them was that subs can't be alpha in the workplace. Mm. Face palm emoji. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, this is a, a funny one for me. So ever since I put my tribute up um, to pretty a high rate, I obviously get people with a higher income that come towards me. But when I first started in the dungeon, I saw, and when it was a lot um, more affordable, uh, there was a lot of different kinds of people who were coming towards me. And and so on one hand, I agree with this assumption, like, uh, no, I don't agree with the assumption, but I agree with what she's saying, that it's ridiculous, that of course, some of the most powerful people submit to me mm-hmm. <laughs> in the world, yeah, out there. But actually, it doesn't necessarily even have to be like that. I think it can be a part of anybody's personality as well. You know, it doesn't matter what kind of position that they have. Or, yeah, I saw, you know, like laborers come into, come into um, the dungeon who answer to many people. But that's just what they want, you know? That's just where their personality is at. And I think there's a huge range of people out there who are interested in submission. And that includes people who are running the world and people who are running the world from from another place as well. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. So, so I, yeah, I, I agree with what she's saying. But at the same time, I'm adding to that, I guess. Right. Yeah. It doesn't discriminate, maybe is what I'm saying. Submission doesn't discriminate. I've I've been around this long enough where I have seen every type of person who is submissive. Mm-hmm. And that includes, like you said, laborers or just, you know, mm-hmm. uh, people kind of on that end of the social spectrum. And then up mm-hmm. to, you know, doctors, lawyers, uh, mm-hmm. members of the police force. Um, you know, that are submissive and the, the, it may come from different places. In some cases, if you're the type of person who all day long, you have to be responsible for big, important things, 
you may seek submission as a way to get away from that. Mm-hmm. You may say, you know, look, if I can just have an afternoon where I don't have to be the person in charge, that's like a mm-hmm. mini vacation for them. Mm-hmm. And Or one relationship. Right. Out of. Yes. Yeah. And so they get to, you know, be the person that is, you know, they get to let all of that responsibility go for yeah. a, for a small amount of time. But like yeah. you said, there is no, the personality, because it's a different part of who you are, it doesn't necessarily mean that you are always submissive all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm. Or dictate what you're going to be doing for work. Exactly. It's, it's a, yeah. it's a persona that you take on, you know, at certain times. Um, mm-hmm. Some people stretch that out and take on that persona yeah. all the time, which is perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. And some people do it occasionally. Yeah. And sometimes the workplace is the persona. Yes. Oh, yes. Mm. It's, the, <laughs> it's the old, <laughs> excuse me while I get geeky. Um, it's the old question of whether Batman is the actual persona or Bruce Wayne is the persona. Oh, so that's not geeky. So is he pretending to be <laughs> Batman or is he pretending to be Bruce Wayne? And I think that that BDSM is very much like that. Yeah. Mm. Who is he pretending? Now I'm going to be thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> the correct answer is that he is Batman. That he, is pretending, <laughs> yes. he is pretending to be Bruce Wayne for the purposes of keeping up appearances. Okay, now that's a slightly... That is my educated answer. (laughs) (laughs) And yes, I am very much geeky. (laughs) I'm sure we will have lots of time to go into both sides of our our geekdom as this podcast grows up. Absolutely. Anything else that you want to add before we wrap things up? No, um, I'm just, yeah, I'm just very thankful for everybody chiming in as much as they are on Twitter. And I'm really proud that the community is as it is and that there's so many thoughtful voices. It's really wonderful to be a part of that and to see that happening. And I really hope that it's helping each other, like helping each other throughout the community to see that people are thinking the same things that they are or a little bit more and that helps them. So yeah, I'm really, I'm really thankful for this little opportunity, and it's great to be able to talk about it now with someone I really respect, and who has a wonderful perspective. It's such a wide perspective, and to be able to be doing this in an ongoing fashion, I'm very excited. Oh, I, I am too, and I can't say enough great things about you. You are just spectacular in every way. The more I talk to you and the more I get to know you, I I do consider that a blessing. And the, the, the positive educational information that you put out in everything that you're doing, I mean, you're doing so much and traveling around, you are a great ambassador for the BDSM community. Thank you. Are we going to cut this so that people don't, don't squish up or roll their eyes? No, no. <laughs> Gotta keep yeah. it, keep it all. Make them listen to I hear it. All the mushy <laughs> stuff. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. There probably will be much more. <laughs> okay. Great. Thank you. All right. Well, then I'm going to wrap things up then. Um, if listeners would like to participate in future questions or be part of future episodes, then you can follow at You Will Please Me on Twitter and keep an eye out for Sunday questions. Um, you can reach the show at info at safewordpodcast.com or see more at safewordpodcast.com. If you're interested in more on Mistress Eva, you can find her at youwillpleaseme.com. Her Twitter address, as I said before, is at youwillpleaseme. And you can also see her on her Instagram at youwillplease underscore me. Um, if you're interested in more on me, you can check me out at www.dirkhooper.com. That's D-I-R-K-H-O-O-P-E-R. I'm available on Twitter or Instagram at Darkhooper or really just about any place else you can imagine. Also, uh, I'm answering your BDSM relationship questions right now for Ask Dirk, and you can email me your questions at Dirk at DirkHooper.com. Thanks for listening to the Safe Word Podcast. For Mistress Eva, this is Dirk Hooper saying, dream hard. <laughs>